started this morning, let's, can we have a little fun for just a second? Okay, I got a couple of questions for you, okay? Um, so, uh, in the morning, when your alarm goes off, like this morning, right? Still dark outside, when your alarm goes off, what do you do? Do you immediately get up? You do, raise your hand. Do you immediately get up? Like, jump out of bed? Or do you uh, hit the snooze? Okay, okay, I want you to vote. Okay, okay, all right, I'll give you another question. So, and, 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 and you guys better tell the truth on this, because I, I know some of you. <laughs> and, I, and I know, I know how you better answer. Okay, so when, when you go out to eat, all right, and you look at the menu, and, you know, there's some really good healthy choices in there, you know, like grilled chicken with broccoli and a fruit cup. But there's also some really delicious choices like chicken fried steak and gravy and fries and cherry pie a la mode. Do you go with the healthy choices or do you go with the delicious choices? We got some healthy choices. We got some delicious choices. I know at least two people in here who go with delicious choices and I'm the third. Because I've eaten with you too much. Okay. Okay, look, I, I, I'm bringing up these questions just because so, I'm not trying to pry into your personal life or, you know, make you feel good or bad about anything, okay? I just, I, but, what, but just think about it for a minute. What these questions start to do is they kind of head to a deeper question, okay? Which when we really think about some of the serious things of life, it, it really, the question behind all this is what kind of person are you? What kind of person are you? Or if you want to take it even a little deeper than that, it really gets down to what do you think of yourself? What do you think of yourself? When, uh, because, you know, you kind of think on the surface when, when most of us have to make this decision about how we're going to respond to something, you know, how, what we're going to do or not do, uh, we, we tend to think we do it for, for kind of three reasons that a lot of times people think this is why I did something, okay? One of them is obligation. We do some things out of obligation, right? Uh, people, somebody counting on me. Uh, I want to fulfill my responsibilities as a dad, a husband, uh, a grandma, a grandpa, whatever, you know, but it's obligation. Uh, second reason is I actually want to do it. Something I actually want to do. I want to please God. Uh, I want to show love to my family. Or uh, as in the case of the chicken fried steak option, I want to make the wiser choice. Third reason we tend to do things is because we want to be liked. We do a lot of things for acceptance because uh, we want to be well thought of by the people. Um, while our, you know, and, and our choices are certainly affected by those kind of things, the biggest reason that we, why, for why we behave the way we do, we act the way we do, we choose the things that we choose, and we act this way consistently is that we do what we do because of what we think of ourselves. What, what you think of you. Okay? It's the, big, the biggest driving force in our behavior is our identity. We, we do what we do primarily because of what we think of ourselves. And, and I want to be really clear, that, that's not pop psychology. Okay? We do what we do because of what we think of ourselves. It's scriptural. Proverbs 23, 7 
says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For as you think in your heart, that's what you are. Our identity, the way we see ourselves, drives our behavior. Anytime a situation comes up, I want you to think through this with me. Anytime a situation comes up and we're faced with a decision uh, or a choice that we got to make, we actually ask ourselves three questions. Now, we do this in a split second. We, we, in such a way, that it's almost subconscious. But we actually go through this every time there's a decision to make. Okay? First question we ask ourselves is, I've got to make a decision. So I ask myself, what type of person am I? For example, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciplined person. Or I'm a person that doesn't really like rules, and I don't mind taking shortcuts. We, we, we do this really quickly, but we do it every time. So I ask myself, what, kind of, what type of person am I? Second, you ask yourself, what kind of situation is this? Now, this all happens really fast. And then, so we say, what kind of person am I? What kind of situation is this? And then third, what does someone like me do in a situation like this? And that's how we come to our decision, our choice, regarding how we're going to respond. And that's the process we follow over and over again. What kind of person am I? What kind of situation is this? And what does someone like me do in a situation like this? Give you a couple of examples. In the morning when the alarm goes off, right? You immediately got out of bed. Why? Because you're a self-disciplined person. And that's what a person like you does in a situation like this. Or when the alarm goes off, what kind of person are you? Well, maybe you're the kind of person that hits snooze several times. Okay? Why? Why? Because you're the kind of person, I'm sorry, I love you all, but that doesn't have a lot of self-discipline. Okay? And that's what a person like you does in a situation like this. Or, you know, maybe it's something you want to change. Okay? There, maybe you want to change how you respond to, to problems. Maybe you want to change how you, your spending habits, the way you spend money, or food choices you make, you know? Or maybe it's you want to change how language you use, make some different choices, or could even be some websites you don't want to go visit anymore, okay? Look, uh, there's all these things in our life where we're trying, we, we say we want to make some change, right? So, in fact, last week, uh, in, in the message, I think Pastor Cindy asked everybody, do you have some things, you, you know, some New Year's resolutions, some things you'd like to change in, in the new year? So, so why is it? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you find making change difficult? Yeah, why? Okay, why? Why do you find it difficult to make real change in your life? Okay, you have to do something different. Yeah, any other reasons? Fear of failure and change. You don't want to feel bad because you tried and, and it didn't work out. Okay, any other reasons? I'm sorry? Discipline, yeah. Yeah, discipline. You know, okay, so, so look, I got your breakthrough for you here today. No, really, okay, if you want to change what you do, how you respond, make real change in your life, then it's time that you change what you think about you, what you think about yourself. 
Now, there's a reason that it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Okay? There's a reason that's hard. Because, remember, we're talking about how you think about you. What kind of person am I? That's the question. Okay? Well, here's one of the reasons that's hard. It's because the devil, Satan, has been lying to you about who you are since the day you were born. Okay? And he's still doing it today. In John 8, 44, Jesus was talking to a group of, uh, of, of Jews who had not accepted him as the Messiah. Okay? And so they didn't believe what he was saying was true. So Jesus told them in John 8, 44, he says, you belong, he's talking to those people, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Think about that. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil hates the truth, but he's really good at lying. I mean persuasively good. He's super good. There is, you may think you've told a few good ones in your life and got away with it, maybe. But let me tell you, you are no match for the devil. He's a way better liar than you'll ever be. Because there's no truth in him. And so why, why does he act that way? Think of the three questions. That's because of those three questions when Satan asks himself, what kind of person am I? He says, I'm a liar. I'm the father of lies. And so then when he asks himself, well, what kind of situation is this? Well, it's an opportunity for me to tell lies. So naturally, when he asks himself, so what does a person like me do in a situation like this? He tells you another lie. It's really that straightforward. And that's why I'm telling you, when you need to make a change, when you're trying to change, you start by saying, what kind of person am I? Jesus goes on then in, in 845, and he says, yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. The difficulty with making major changes in your life comes from the fact that we've all been hearing lies about ourselves for so long that it becomes difficult to recognize the truth when you're told it, when you hear it. And what kind of lies are we talking about? Well, the kind of lies Satan has been telling you your whole life are things like, you can't change. You're not good at that. You'll never be a good mom or dad or grandparent or employee or, you know, whatever it is. You're going to always be in debt. You're never going to get ahead. You're never going to have anything of meaning. You're going to always be addicted. You're never going to be able to move past, you know, that situation that happened years ago that you're still kind of embarrassed about. You're never going to be able to move past that. And then, or if you can't, he'll tell you, you know what, those people... They are never going to forgive you. They are never going to forgive you. In fact, you're not worth forgiving. You're always going to be stuck because you can't change. That's what Satan's doing to you all the time. You know what the worst part is? When, when you actually do something wrong, 
You know, when you actually do make a mistake, you say something, you do something you wish you hadn't done, you feel badly about it. You know what Satan does? He doesn't tell you that what you did was wrong. He tells you that you're bad. See the difference? Not what you did, it's you. You're bad. He attacks your identity. Because if he can attack your identity, he'll change who you think you are. Does that make sense? Now all of a sudden when you say, who am I? What kind of person am I? Well, he's attacked your identity and you believe him, that you're bad, you're no good, you're not worthy. See? And you start to believe his lies and distortions about who you are. It's a very deceptive cycle. Right? Satan, he takes that distorted identity that you have of yourself, and that will lead you then, if you believe those things, to living out destructive habits. And then your destructive habits reinforce your distorted identity. Well, see, I really am that way. Look what I just did. How do most people try to break bad habits? Make, make New Year's resolutions, yeah? How else? Stuff it down, try to stuff it down. What else? Any other thoughts? What's that? Try to fill that time with something else. You know, okay, you know, one of the problems is to, to break this cycle, right? You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're not going to do it on your own, okay? To help you change who you are listening to and how you think. Because the truth is, you are not who Satan says you are. You're also not who other people say you are. Because some of us have had some other people have told us some pretty bad things about ourselves. Right? Yeah. You are who God says you are. That's who you are. And you know who God says you are? God says you're chosen. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You're God's workmanship, His craftsmanship. You are a new creation. You are a child of the Most High God. And when you start to believe those things, instead of the distorted identity that you have that Satan has given you, you will begin to develop a Christ-centered identity. And a Christ-centered identity will then begin to destroy that destructive cycle in your life. A Christ-centered identity leads to Christ-honoring behaviors. And Christ-honoring behaviors then reinforce your Christ-centered identity. Look, we live in a do world. You know what I mean? We live in a do world, right? It's a busy place. We're all busy people. Uh, I never, none of you ever walk in on Sunday morning and, you know, how are you? You never say, I haven't had a thing to do all week. <laughs> right? No, I mean, really, everybody's busy. Everybody's got stuff to do. You got stuff on your calendar, okay? Okay, so then many of us start that year, like we talked about last week, by, by making a, a list of what? Things to do. To do, right? Things to change, but things to do, right? We, so what do we do? Well, we read books about how to do more in less time. We become we read books to become really efficient on everything from how we do housework to how we get exercise. Because what we're trying to do is we want to get more done in less time. That way we can do more, right? 
We even use apps on our phone to get us the most efficient route to go from here to there. Why? So we can go more places. We can do more. Okay. But why doesn't this work? This just trying to do more. Okay. So look. And why doesn't it work? Why doesn't just trying to do more actually work? That's a great, that it will never be enough. It will never be enough. So, naturally, okay, if we want to make real change in our life, right, and the things we really want to accomplish, uh, and we think, you know, doing, okay, if we want to, if we really want to make real change, we, we should not start with do. Okay? Don't start by doing. You start with who. Not do, who. Okay? Instead of focusing on what you want to do, which is, think about it, if you really focus on do and doing stuff, and you try to make change by doing stuff, what you're really doing is practicing, try to practice behavior modification. Okay? And behavior modification very seldom lasts very long because you get tired of doing it because it's not from within. What, but if you start with who, who am I? Who does Christ see me as? Who, what kind of person am I? That will lead to life transformation. Okay? So if you want to become a person who loves the Lord with all your heart, who lives as a follower of Jesus, who experiences victory over sin, then you need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your life to help you do that. You start with who, then the do. Since what you think of yourself will determine what you do, it's critical to not start by trying to do something about it. Like our favorite phrase, I just need to try harder. It won't work. It won't work. We've got to begin with who. First by becoming a follower of Jesus and then allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to plant within us a Christ-centered identity that in turn will lead to Christ-honoring behaviors. So, what should someone do when you find yourself in a difficult situation? A difficult choice to make. What, what should you do? Be still and listen to God. What else? Anything else? Pray, ask for help. Good, 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 good comments. Okay, now think about this morning what we just talked about. When you're faced with a difficult, challenging, even a tempting situation, you got a decision to make, and you ask yourself first, what kind of person am I? Well, the answer will be, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a child of the Most High God. I have the word of God in my heart and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to help me keep from believing the lies of the enemy. Then I ask myself, well, what kind of situation is this? Remember the three questions? What kind of situation is this? Well, it's an opportunity for me to ask the Holy Spirit to help me reject the lies of Satan and to remember the truth of God's promises that are in my life. And then finally I ask myself, well then, 
What does a person like me do in a situation like this? Well, I pray and I ask God for wisdom and for protection. I ask him to go before me and fight my battles and guide my steps and guard my paths because I walk with him. And I ask him to give me a wise and instructed tongue for when I respond. Look, there's, there's no doubt, right? We all have areas of our lives, in our lives, where we would like to see real change. We would like to do things differently than we currently do. We want to see growth. We want to see improvement. I'd like to encourage you that right now, what you've gotten this morning is a, an effective, God-honoring way to do something about it, to move forward. But I also want to remind you that the minute you start to live this way, the devil will not be happy. He will not be happy. He's going to push back. He's going to try and tell you, eh, he really, this doesn't work. You really can't change. It's hopeless. But it won't work when you know who you really are. And you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because when that happens, you can respond to his lies by saying, in the name of Jesus, I reject those lies. I reject those lies. Because I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And since I'm the kind of person that takes my direction from the Word of God. And by the way, hopefully you've all seen some change this past week as you've read God's Word frequently in your life. You've seen change happening. But since I'm a child of a person who takes my direction from the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, I have the wisdom to see that this is an opportunity for me to trust God with the outcome and experience victory over sin. And so a person like me in a situation like this responds by asking God for wisdom and guidance so that my actions will bring honor and glory to him. Then, as you repeat this God-honoring process over and over throughout days, weeks, and years of your life, with every situation you're confronted with, you'll experience true spiritual growth and transformation in your life. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its sinful desires, deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What kind of person am I? Who am I? What do I think of me? What kind of situation is this? What does a person like me do in a situation like this? Try asking yourself those that first question. It'll start it. Every time this, this week, if you're confronted with a tough decision or a tough moment, it'll affect how you respond. You'll go through it. So, would you, guys, uh, would you guys stand with me as we get ready to close today? Everybody, if you would, just bow your head. Nobody looking around. So today, 
if you would say that there are some areas in your life that I'm, where I'm struggling with negative self-talk, but I want to change. If that's you, just raise your hand. Yeah, amen. Okay. If you'll commit to asking the Holy Spirit to give you the power to reject Satan's lies about you and help you instead to believe what God says about you, if you're, if you're willing to do that, raise your hand. Thank you. Lord, today, you've seen our hands. Lord, we... We've heard the lies from the enemy for so long that sometimes we have trouble recognizing the truth. But Father, today we ask you, Lord, to come and fill us with your Holy Spirit and grant us the wisdom, the wisdom, Lord, to recognize that we are not who the enemy says we are. We're who you say we are. Lord, I pray that you will give us power to live each day for you and to bring about the transformation or the change that we all actually really want but have found it so difficult to make. In Jesus' name. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Amen.